We are back. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join us is Vanity Fair contributing editor and former deputy editor at Town & Country, Emery Claire. Michael Callahan is joining us to talk about his latest book, The Night She Won Miss America. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Janine. How are you? Great. Love your book. Thank you so much. Tell the listeners a little bit about it, if you could, please. Uh, the book was inspired by a real-life story of a Miss America who took off the night she won with her pageant-assigned escort. And in that case, it was all over very soon the next day, although it did cause quite a kerfuffle. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, in my version, it is not over the next day and turns into a big soapy caper. Yes. How did you decide to write this, Michael? Well, I've been covering Miss America since the late 1980s, and uh, I sort of backed into that, as people do by accident, and then sort of found it a very fascinating uh, American institution mm -hmm. and thought, boy, I bet you there are stories here. So I ended up writing a bunch of magazine stories for various publications throughout the years on Miss America, and one of them was about this Miss America in 1937, Betty Cooper, who had taken off the night she won. And so I wrote that story, God, almost 20 years ago now, uh, but I always thought it would be good fodder for a novel if I ever decided to do fiction. And then right. fast forward, now I do do fiction, and I resurrected the idea and decided to run with it. Okay, so you wrote this 20 years ago. Did, where'd you do? Did you just put it in your desk and go, mm, I don't know, maybe not, maybe, we'll see? What happened? Well, no, I wrote the magazine story 20 years ago. Oh, okay. um, I mean, I, I mean uh, and then I just thought, you know, if I ever write fiction, I'm yes. going to turn this into a novel someday. Oh, and then I wrote a novel in 2015, and when I was looking for an idea for my second novel, I, I was sort of mulling about, and Miss America was on. Oh. And I thought, hold it, there's that Miss America idea, right. and I should just run with that. Oh, I love it. You are very attached to the whole concept of Miss America. Where does that come from? That's a really good question. I really think it's from living in Atlantic City for two years back then. I mean, Atlantic City back then was not Atlantic City now and was certainly not Atlantic City at mid-century, which is actually one of the most truly American and awesome places there probably ever has been. And the more you know about the history of Atlantic City, the more fascinating it is. And I've always felt that way. And I feel like when I sort of backed into covering Miss America, I, I just got sort of attached, which is what happens. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, isn't Miss America anachronistic, and isn't it past its prime? And, and that's right. all true. I think yes. that actually empirically is true. But that doesn't mean we should just toss it aside. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that may be past their prime, but we still cling to because they're distinctly American. And in America, we don't have a lot of institutions that run 100 years. That's true. So you're saying we should just have it evolve and change, but we should keep it? I think my take is that nobody's putting a gun to anybody's head and says you have to be in this or you have to watch it. Right. And I defend Miss America a lot, and I do it for one simple reason, because I feel like she's gotten sort of pilloried unfairly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, if you're going to protest Miss America, where are your protest signs at the Victoria's Secret model shoot? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like, you know what? Nobody's right. forcing you to do anything. And right. we sort of say to young men who put on shoulder pads and helmets and knock the heck out of each other, here's scholarship money. Yes. Good for you. True. And yet, if a woman dares to wear a bathing suit with a sash and get scholarship money, somehow she's setting back women 200 years. And yeah. I just think there's a little bit of a double standard going on. No, I can see where you're coming from. And I know you've interviewed and you've met almost, what, a, a dozen Miss Americas over the yes. past 30 years? What is that? Yeah. Like? Uh, and even more of the 
contestants who didn't win. You know, it's a very odd sorority, right? Because being Miss America is a very singular experience. And Miss America is the original reality show, right? You have this sort of big cabal of people who then get whittled down and whittled down until there's only one left standing. Yes. It's sort of the original American Idol when you really think about it. Um, and the women there are very protective of each other, as you might imagine. And what I really find interesting is that the women who won in 1955 are basically, in spirit, the same women who won last year. You know what I mean? There's really? sort of common threads okay. of all those winners. Yeah. Now, I know you have uh, another book, Searching for Grace Kelly. What's that all about? That was my first novel, and that was an outgrowth of a story I did for Vanity Fair about the Barbizon Hotel for Women on the Upper East Side of New York. Yes. And a lot of famous women had lived there before they became famous. It was sort of this very high-priced convent um, where better families sent their daughters to protect them from the evils of the city. <laughs> and I thought it would make for a really interesting book along the lines of, you know, the group or the best of everything and the films of Douglas Sirk. I mean, I was very heavily influenced growing up by all of that mid-century glamour, and that's why I write about it. Did that inspire Barbizon Models? No, Barbizon oh. Models is a completely separate thing. thing. Okay, I was just wondering. I grew up in the city, and I remember seeing that. So Yeah. Now, as far as your research for this novel, could you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, Atlantic City's not in great shape, as everybody knows, but mm -hmm. there are some very dedicated people down there who are sort of trying to preserve the past um, because you really have to understand, I mean, you know, the history of Atlantic City is the history of America in some ways. It's a lot of ballyhoo, and it's a lot of, like, honky-tonk, and, you know, Teddy Roosevelt saying that a good citizen knows the history of Atlantic City, and W.C. Fields, and Rowan, uh, Dean Martin, and Jerry Lewis meeting there. And it's really, really interesting to sort of peel all that back. And um, there are archives there, but you have to hunt for them. And one is at the Heston Room at the Atlantic City Public Library, and another is at the Atlantic City Historical and Cultural Museum. And I was very fortunate to find very dedicated researchers who were enthusiastic about this project and who guided me to a lot of the archival material that still exists. I love how you pulled out old menus, old postcards. I mean, I, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, it's a big treasure hunt, right? Yeah. And a lot of my magazine career has been doing stories like that about things that happened in the past and why they still matter. So for me, it was, it was just a big, rompy adventure. Are there other things you would like to do? I mean, this is a great read. Do you have other things that will lead into, you know, kind of leverage off of this book? Well, um, I secretly want to be a judge at Miss America. You do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I would love that. It's not um, a secret anymore. <laughs> hey, not a secret anymore. But uh, in terms of writing, um, you know, I think I am, I mean, my next book set in 1959 on Martha's Vineyard. And, um, you know, I just am sort of trapped in mid-century, and I think that's on purpose because I think although there was a lot wrong with American culture back then, certainly in terms of the rights of women and people of color and gay people, um, you know, there was a lot right in terms of civility and manners, decorum, fashion, style, you know, and that's all the stuff that really gets me jazzed. Right. Now, if people want to find out more information about this book or you, where can they go? Uh, they can go to the Houghton Mifflin Howard Court website, which is hmhco.com, or they can follow me on Twitter at Callahan Writes. Fantastic. Any bit of advice for writers that you would like to share? I will share the advice that Mary Higgins Clark, the very famous suspense novelist, gave me years ago. Okay. And I said to her, what do you say to critics who say you're not a very good writer? And she said, I think they're right. 
And I was astonished at that answer. And I said, well, then why do you think you've been so successful? And she says, because I'm a decent storyteller, and I do the one thing most people can't do. And I said, what's that? And she said, I get up every day, and I put my butt in the chair, and I don't get up until I've written something. Oh, I love it. That's true, though, you know? It's absolutely true. It's really more than half the effort. It's actually setting the discipline up to actually do it. Yes. Someone uh, on my show shared advice saying, just write, oh, it was the Pomodoro method. Write for 25 minutes and then take a good solid break, but always have segments of time where you're absolutely focused. Yeah, I did it where I said I have to write 500 words a day, and that's oh. only two pages typewritten. That's not okay. a lot. But, you, you know, you'll, you'll end up with 3,500 words a week. That's right. And soon, in 10 weeks, you've got 35,000 words. So yes. uh, you have to just come up with a method that works for you that isn't intimidating. Right. Perfect. Are you on Facebook or Twitter? I am on Facebook, uh, at Michael Callahan, and then I am on Twitter at Callahan Writes. Perfect. Michael, thank you so much for calling in. Again, the book is The Night She Won Miss America. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Have a great day. Michael Callahan was joining us to talk about his novel, The Night She Won Miss America. And if you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And there's a full description of Michael and all his work. And again, as he mentioned, he is on Facebook and Twitter. So we'll take a little break. And then I have one more guest. Nick Middleton is calling in to talk about the Atlas of Countries That Don't Exist. This is a really um, fascinating book. It's a lists all these uh, unrecognized and largely unnoticed states. And again, that description is up on my show blog as well. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.